another episode of the Young Black Suburbans. Uh, this is episode two with Tim Witherspoon Sr. Um, he's in the studio today. How you doing, Dad? I'm doing all right. Doing yeah. All right, you some sanitizer. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I can't do this because huh? I hurt my hand. Oh, you can't. Oh well, we going. I, I can't do like that. You can't snap. Well, was at the fight and and Justin when I was holding my hand instead of a pad and he hit he he went like oh, that. Yeah. We actually going to talk about injuries in the sport okay. of boxing uh, later on, but the first podcast that we had with you was a hit. It had the most. It was a hit. It was a hit. It has the most <laughs> views out of all of our podcasts so far. Um, right after we shot that podcast. You were like, we gotta do another one. Wow, uh, that was a hit, Tim. It, it was a hit. Yeah. Um, Yo, um, man, that was some good stuff. Huh? How you yeah. No, no, don't cut it all out. Just the part where gain up. Okay. Um, you were interested in coming back on the show as well. Um, you felt like there was a lot uh, that we left out that we didn't talk about that you could uh, elaborate on. And, and a lot of stuff that we did talk about that you wanted to speak more about. So I figured this time around, uh, we will focus a lot on the boxing business uh, and a lot about uh, things that go on internally in boxing that people really don't uh, get to see. You know, a lot of fighters, uh, they see that they came into situations and it didn't work out too good for them, but they don't know why. They, it, in, in boxing, it mostly gets blamed on the fighter all the time when there's a whole bunch of different pieces to the puzzle that come into play. Um, and, and what really happens at the end, the fighter is the one that gets hurt. Um, you were, you know, one of the most outspoken about this in the business. Uh, what is your point of view on the inside, the eternal... Uh, doings of boxing. Well, well, when I when I when I first started in the, you know in boxing in in, in the amateur uh, ranks, um, you know a lot of young people really don't know about the business. They just want to box and everything. If we talking about the same thing, yeah. Okay. Um, they don't. What I did was um, I was in college. I got hurt. I was a football player. I came home. Pe- people in the na- uh, uh, young guys in the neighborhood were boxing. So I decided to go to the gym, but training and everything, I was training and getting ready. I didn't think about being a champion. I just wanted a box. Um, then I eventually, I, I, I was a good amateur. I only had seven amateur fights. Then I turned pro, um, you know, uh, so, um, and I didn't really want to turn pro. I wanted to go to the Olympics and I was encouraged not to. These are a lot of things that young boxers don't know when they first get into boxing. Um, well, I wasn't thinking about championship. I was just thinking about training, uh, uh, you know, winning fights and, and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but eventually, uh, I ran into a, a, a wall because I didn't understand what was going on um, and, and really wasn't educated about what, you know, what the future would be mm-hmm. about me. Right. So I was amateur. Then I turned pro. Um, they, they, you know, who, they pushed who me. Who made you? Yeah, you, you were about to say they pushed you. Uh, who made the decision uh, that it was time for you to turn professional? You didn't feel like you were ready for it, or you just had a different dream? Well, different I didn't dream? know. And most young people, they, you can get, you could easily get pushed. So um, my, my trainer name was Clarence Booker, 
And um, a lot of people knew him, but I didn't know. Right. I, I, You know, I, he was my trainer, but I didn't know how good he was. I was supposed to go to somebody else. Mm -hmm. And then he was pushing for me to turn pro. He tried to keep me from around a lot of different people that were that knew about the game. Uh, and, um, you know, uh, one, one, one day uh, these, these people came up to me and said, for instance, they came up to me and said, how come you didn't take that sparring partner job with Larry Holmes? And I said, what you talking about? He said, well, we, we told your trainer um, that, you know, that they, they were paying $1,000 a week or $1,500 a week, um, that they wanted me, they heard about me, and he never told me. Right. So, so that's some of the things, that's some of the things that, that like, you know, young boxers. Uh, that was um, your first feeling of kind of like being deceived in the business? Yeah. How did that make you feel? Well, I was kind of upset because I felt they had a lot of opportunities if I would have went there and I was would he would have been along with it, but with me, but he was looking at other people speaking to me and taking me away from him. Mm -hmm. So that was one of the problems later on with I, that I learned that um, um, I was with him. I didn't know about other ever other opportunities. Um, um, and and um, he he tried to close the door on me, and um, so I left him. Right. I left him and went and went with. Uh, let me see, Matthew Saad Muhammad, I think it was. Mm. I would, you know, they was up at Ali's camp, and I was a sparring partner. Uh, and um, so, you know, that was it. I just left him because he lied. He didn't tell me the truth. Right. Who were your role models outside of the sport? Uh, the people that were guiding you that had nothing to do with boxing but knew that you were doing something. Uh, who who was looking after you? Wasn't nobody, really. Um, people that really didn't believe, couldn't believe that um, I was going boxing and everything and from the neighborhood. I didn't have no support. My mom didn't want me to fight. Uh, let me see. Um, and people was like, Timmy boxing? They didn't believe it because of the way, we know the way I carry myself. I don't go around bullying people and all that type of thing. So, um, you know, I went to, to the gym with uh, a friend of mine that I grew up with named Keith Davis. We both went together. Then my brother Anthony uh, came came along. So um, nobody encouraged me. I just like sports. Right. And uh, we were started. Uh, uh, we were taught sports at a young age by this by this by the, by this guy named Tommy Wade. Right. He lived in our block, and he made sure we did everything nice things, good things, and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. Um, but as you were turning pro, was Tommy Wade around? Or oh yeah, yeah, he yeah. Was there. Um, and did was it proposed to you? Because you had every fighter has that. Well, not every fighter, but a lot of fighters have that moment where. Do I stay amateur and try to make it into the Olympics, or do I turn pro and try to make money? Um, for you, you went pro. I went pro because we knew that was four years from me actually being able to compete in the Olympics. So we okay. said, let's turn pro. Oh, right. I remember. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And that would have been a hard road anyway. Yeah. Um. So, but when it comes time to turn professional... You got to have a team, you know, you're supposed to have a manager or someone that's trying to manage you, uh, promoters, uh, who was there for you outside of your trainer? Who was your manager? Who was your promoter from day one? Did you have one? Oh, no. From day one, it was just uh, Clarence Booker, old man, right. when I was amateur, um, and then eventually, um, Event, everybody, and I didn't even know it. There was a lot of people trying to steal me and my brother Anthony uh, 
from this guy Clarence Booker, but we didn't know because we didn't know boxing. My brother Anthony did, right. and and um, uh, we didn't know there was people trying to get us until 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 that Larry Home incident incident happened. So um, um, we had a situation like Mike Tyson did. There was a guy named Mark Stewart. He was a he was in the music world, um, and he um, he uh, um, found out about us, and he sent his trainer, Slim Robinson. I think Slim Robinson told him about us because he was in the same gym. He was training Mark, Mike Rossman, the Jewish bomber. So um, he told uh, Mark Stewart, and then we, I forgot how we uh, wound it up with, with Mark. Um, oh, I left, I left, I left Clarence Booker, went to camp, and then I, I found out a way to keep in touch with um uh, with Slim Robinson, right. and that's how everything went. I left him, and then we we he treated us good. Mark Mark Stewart, right. he bought he put us in apartments, bought us cars, and made sure he was in the gym every day. He paid the trainer. He had everything for us, fitness and everything. Right. Um, and and then eventually that went down south because they uh, they did something wrong. My management uh, they was involved with drugs, right, right. and um, and that's what led us to be with Don King. Right. When they got caught. Yeah. Um, we, we, we were, Tim, we had everything. We was pushed. We had a good trainer. I think the best in the world. We had, we didn't have to want for nothing. And then everything started going downhill when um, they got caught. Right. Um, and boxing's a whirlwind like that. One day you'll be on top or one day you'll be uh, expecting the fight and the next day the fight will be off. You know, there's a lot of ways and a lot of unexpected stuff that happens in boxing. Uh, that kind of set the tone, though, uh, for what would be a long part of your career uh, with Don King. Yeah. Um, how, what was your first uh, experience meeting Don King? Okay, we. Um, I had several. I had several fights before. Before we actually set foot in his in his area, and right. you know, um, so. I was fighting in Atlantic City. I forgot what it was. I knocked him out. Uh, I think it was uh, Alfonso Ratliff, a good friend of mine. You know Alfonso, yeah. right? Yeah. So I was fighting him. He was down in Atlantic City. Uh, Donald Trump, everybody was in the audience, you know, dining them down there, laughing and stuff. And so I knocked I knocked uh, uh, Alfonso Ratliff out, and I was throwing my hands up. And so I heard, Terrible Tim, terrible Tim. It's gonna be me and you. And I'm looking around. There's Don King screaming at me. He kept pointing at me. It's gonna be me and you. Terrible Tim. Right. You're gonna be the one. You're gonna be champ one day. Ah, right, it's gonna be me and you. And I was like, no. I'm like, wow. You know. Yeah. Encourage. He was encouraging me uh, on and stuff. Like we're gonna be together. And I was like, wow, that's cool. Uh -huh. But I never thought about it. I never thought about. It. I just kept on going. I kept right. on training. Kept on training, but that was the first time when he was screaming from the from the ringside. Yeah, and then eventually, I guess well, you get a phone call. They say come to his office. Um, or how how did the because you had to have some kind of well, legality or some kind of no no. What happened was um when well my manager uh, Mark Stewart was affiliated with um, Larry Levin. That was Doctor Snow. They called him Doctor Snow. And they were going, they were doing, they were, uh, uh, well, alleged selling drugs in big quantities. Mm -hmm. And um, we didn't know it. We didn't know it. The boxers didn't know it was me, my brother Anthony, Artie McLeod, who is our Bernard Hopkins' um, uncle, who is a real good boxer, Sterling Quick, 
uh, there's a whole bunch of boxers in this building in Center City with musicians and everybody. It was all in the building. Um, and um, um, they got busted. So Mark Stewart brought us all in the room and said, hey, um, um, you know, I'm, I want to direct you to Don King because he's the, he's the man that's going to make you champion. We got in trouble. He said that we got in trouble. He said, I can't handle this anymore. So that was the, that was the first time that we heard uh, about going with Don King. Right. So you really didn't have a choice. He gave your contracts to Don King in a way. Cause he was done. Well, he said that Don is the man that's gonna get you the title. He's gonna, right. he's gonna, you're gonna be champion if, if he's the best one to go with. Right. This is what Mark said. And what most people don't realize at the time, if you didn't go with Don King, it was gonna be hard to fight for. At that title. time, he had at the a, time. a monopoly on. Uh, did you know that when he signed, when you, when you got switched over to Don? I, 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 I knew that he was a powerhouse. Yeah, I knew that he was he was he was the man, uh, but um, we were trapped in a way. My brother Anthony, Anthony didn't want to go. Right. I, I I had to go because I didn't know which way you know what was going on, so I had to go forward. Uh, Anthony didn't go. Right. So he stayed, and I and I I think he came with us for a little bit and then left. Right. Uh, but I I just had to go. I didn't really know about boxing, so I just went forward. Right. Mark said, "No, you got to go with him." I didn't want to go. But then we was like forced to. And then we went. Do you remember your first fight underneath Don King? The first fight was was under Don King when we wasn't even with him, and I found that out later. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. can we elaborate on that? That's why I need to have more of these interviews because I'm a rusty still. I'm a rusty nail. So you, you, uh, I can't remember the. I think the Alfonso Ratliff fight was the first one. I think when he was in Atlantic City. I think it was at Trump Plaza. I think it was, and 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 he was there. I think it was there. We didn't even know we was already with him, but we we fought like two fights before we really knew. Uh -huh. It was Don King. Right. So you always hear about people uh, not happy after the fight. How was he um, as a promoter? In between fights, you know, you got to go to training camp. Okay. You got to be supplied with uh, certain things to live. And was he uh, a good promoter in that sense where he would take care of the fighter in between fights? Yeah. He, he you know, if you needed something, yeah, he would give it to you. Uh, but um, he'll, he'll get, take, he'll take triple back. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he'll take triple back. For me, when I went to the camp, for some reason, he was really cool with me. Like around people, he would show the Don, hey, Dave, all this stuff. Yeah. But when we got in privacy, I noticed he liked me. Right. So when I went in some of the fights and showed that I was, I, I wasn't scared, and I went in there and fight. I was in front of people. I stood my ground. If you didn't stand your ground, you was in trouble with him. He, he didn't like that. Right. He wanted you to stand up and rumble. This is what Don did. So for some reason, uh, and he had a, some type of affiliation with Philly. There's some people in Philly that that had uh, affiliation with, and I think that um, that might have helped a little bit too, you know. So um, uh, I, when I when I went there, I didn't know a lot of stuff that was going on when I, we went up there, but uh, uh, that's the way that's the way uh, it went. Yeah. Um, and so he he goes on and he promotes your first uh, championship fight uh, with Larry Holmes. That was your first. Attempt yeah, that was. Yeah, at, yeah. Yeah, you had 15 fights, I think. 
Uh, yeah, fourteen. Fourteen. Yeah. Um, and yep. and Dom puts on. Uh, wait, were you a replacement for that fight or for the Larry Holmes fight? Yeah. No. Um. No, I wasn't. Right. It was. No, I wasn't. It was set. Yeah. Um, can you tell us about how that promotion was? How uh, advertised it was? How it was put together? Do you remember? Yeah. Well, I know it was big. I was undefeated. Um, Larry, uh, um, Don King, they just, well, in the, in the very, in the very beginning, when they offered us, us the fight, I told my trainer, I said, yo, Slim, this is a little too close. This is a little too soon. I'm only, I only got 14 fights. And so Slim turned me and said, man, you're going to whip this behind. I said, Slim, I only got 14 fights. He said, believe me, Tim, you're going to whip this behind. And I said, okay. That's all he had to do was like say it a couple of times. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and... A lot of people heard you say that, you know, Slim was the one that helped you believe that you could beat him and, and other guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but what they really don't know about that fight is that there was a Philadelphia versus Easton kind of thing oh. going on with Larry Holmes. It was, yeah. And, uh, you know, he he wasn't really uh, nice to you uh, at that time. Okay. Yeah. Um, do you remember feeling like you didn't get respect uh, from Larry Holmes at first? Yeah, it didn't make me feel bad. Right. It didn't make me feel bad. It made me angry mm-hmm. because he 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 said to me that he was gonna knock me out, take my girl from me, knock me out because I don't I don't I'm broke. He was going around saying all that. Yeah. He didn't know where I came from. <laughs> you know, he didn't know where I come from. You know, we stick together. I said, you know, I'm one guy that that was going to you know put up a fight and everything. So yeah. he did degrade me, talk negative about me, and it was the truth. I didn't have no money. Right. I had I had no money. I, I really had a I had a lot I had a lot of followers in my neighborhood down where I'm from. People didn't know who I was. I just wanted to go in there and whip his by him antagonize me. All before that backfired on him because it made me angry. Right. And I had a trainer that was going to generate that into positive energy, right. and so we could whip this behind. Now, wasn't there an altercation in the hotel? Yeah. In, in the Dunes Hotel. Yeah, he moved uh, my sister off of his floor or something like that. Yeah. Well, how's the story go? Like, okay. They were on the same floor. Yeah. What happened was we were in me, David Bay, Mitch Green. Uh, we was all down. We was all down in the, down in the, down in the, the lobby. We was all talking and everything. And then, uh, no, that was something else. That was different. We was, that was different. So, me and your uncle Stevie. And I think your Uncle Anthony was downstairs and we was walking. So we heard the police running up, running upstairs. They were saying there's a fight on the, um, there's a fight on the uh, 14th floor. Mm-hmm. So I said, that's the floor, my, um, that's the floor that Lynette was on. Yeah. So I said, oh, let's go up there. So we ran up there we knocked on the door we, and Lynette and they let us in. And um, I said, what's going on? He said, well, Larry Holmes and them want us off the floor. They was hollering at us and everything. So I went in the room. I started getting mad and I was like, man, what's what's his problem and stuff, right? So then a big knock was on the door, bam, bam, bam. And I said, so I went and opened up the door. It was Larry Holmes, it was it was his bodyguard, Bobby D. DiGiulio, and a whole and another couple of people. They said, yo, they gotta get off the floor. And I said, what? I said, what you talking about? And it was like, get them off the floor. And I was like, so I went at them. So they started grabbing me. They started grabbing me. Um, the next, the next grandmom, Cecilia, she grabbed me. And then uh, 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 Linda, the next mom, they was grabbing me. Said, get back, get back. 
So the grandma pushed me. You get back. And she started fighting him. <laughs> Cecilia, she started she started fighting him and everything. And I was just trying to get him. She was get, get back in there. She was fighting the bodyguards. He said, then Larry, I heard Larry Holmes said, because I was trying to get to him. And I heard Larry Holmes, Larry Holmes say, just get them off the floor. And then uh, we slammed the door. And then um, uh, um, uh, everything cooled down. We moved, they moved them from, from his floor to um, to where I was, to my floor. Yeah, but he was disrespectful. He, he, he was screaming, get him off the floor. I had all this stuff. And uh, I wanted to fight him right. I said, me and you right now. Right. Let's go downstairs. Right, right. And he turned his face. He turned his face like he didn't want to rumble. Right. So I said, oh. I yeah, got, it was yeah. all... Uh... Trying to just get you scared before the fight, maybe trying yeah. to rile you up. He did a lot of that, Tim. Um, yeah, he did a lot of that down in the down in yeah. the lobby. He tried it. Sixty Minutes was walking down uh, Caesar's Palace. So that's what I was talking about. Me, David Bay, Mitch Green. We were standing there, had a drink in my hand. It's on Sixty Minutes, right. and he tried to intimidate me. Right, right. I said, let's go now. <laughs> and um, you know, he came by, and you, I'm gonna knock you out. And I said. I said, hey, let's do it now. Right in front of 60 Minutes is documented right. too. So um, I wasn't going to back off. Right. And the bell rung. Everybody knows what happened in that fight. Um, it was a very close fight. Um, uh, I've never come across people that say that you lost a fight. Um, it, to me, it was close. Um, ben Darty in England. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Remember Ben? You yeah, got yeah, some more. Yeah, yeah. I know Ben. Ben Darling. Yeah. That's my man, Ben. I'll have him on the podcast. We'll do it. Uh, you going to get Ben on? Yeah, I'll, I'll uh, reach out to him. Okay. Um, but you you end up losing yeah. um, the decision on your first title fight. Do you remember how uh, your interaction with Don King was after after that fight? How many years ago was that? <laughs> was that? Uh, was I? I barely seen him. I barely seen him after the fight. Right. Um. You know. I think they. Do you I remember think I, the pay was. The pay was like fifty five thousand. Yeah. I think it was like one hundred and twenty five. Um. And out of that, I got like maybe fifty. And right. I fought. And I fought the champion. I fought a good fight and everything. Yeah. You know, just learning. Um. Were you? too young at that time to realize that you should have had more share of that uh, money or um, did you realize that? You we were trapped. Yeah. We were trapped into a situation where we really had no, when Mark Stewart and, and when Mark Stewart uh, 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 sold, sold us to Don, mm -hmm. we was at his mercy. Right. We either fight or we retire. Right. So, so that's what we had to do. So it, when we went with Don King, we had to do everything that was in the agenda that he had, everything. And um, if you didn't, you had to go home, okay, or go get a lawyer and fight him. And most likely uh, you would lose. Right, right. Um, so you end up getting an opportunity to fight for the title again. Um, in between fighting Larry Holmes, then you come up and you fight uh, Greg Page. Greg Page. I don't know how many fights in between. I didn't do the research on that. Um, I think it was the very next fight. The very next fight. I, you got I, two back-to-back -back Oh, no, 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 no. It was Greg Page. I fought somebody in between at a warm-up fight, and then I fought, I Greg, fought Page. Greg Page. Yeah. Um, and the question that I wanted to ask is, you end up winning that fight, becoming... Greg Page. Greg Page becoming... 
world champion. Um, at that point, was it everything that you thought it was going to be? Did you feel like a champ at the time? Nah. Okay. I didn't feel like a champ. Um, Greg Page was also upset about something. And I really couldn't get 100% of why he was, but I kind of figure out what it probably was. It was probably about money. Mm-hmm. So we both was fighting a championship fight where both fighters were, were really not really, really disappointed in what their business part of it. Right. So I knew that he, I knew that he was upset and I was upset, but I was going to just keep on going forward. So I think mentally it bothered him a little bit. And, um, and so I, I just tried my best to, um, to out, out punch him, try to knock him out, try to win this fight and go forward. But but I knew there was two fighters that was unhappy in the championship fight at that time. But I I came out on top. Right. And then you kept fighting. Mm -hmm. And you did it again against Tony Tubbs. And um, so you're the two-time world champion now. After Tubbs. After Tubbs. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, And you're supposed to be on top of the world, you know, you the third man in history mm-hmm. to uh, win it twice. Right, third man. No, the third. I man. didn't even know it till like a couple of weeks after the fight. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So you're the third man in history to uh, to to win the heavyweight championship of the world twice, and you don't feel like it because the business ain't right. You know, at that time, was it depression? Was it? Uh, you know what, what? What was the feeling? Hmm. There wasn't no depression. It was anger. Like why? Why this have to be this way and everything like that? Um, I, I I didn't get depressed. I just wanted to. I got. I was motivated to try to figure out what the problem was and why why things were like this. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm young. I didn't know nothing about boxing. Um, I'm not a manager. I'm not a lawyer. Uh, I just kept on fighting, and at that time, I knew it was wrong. Right. And I thought I had to play a game just to try to get on top. Whatever he said, I had to act like I'm not angry and just go along with the subject, whatever it was, and um, and just try to fight. And 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 ultimately, at the end, I had to I had to really pull away from Don King. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you did, and that led up to one of my favorite fights of yours. It didn't lead up to it. You left him. Uh, let's talk about how you left him, actually, before I jump. So we can just be in okay. chron- chronological order a little bit. Um, you fought Bone Crusher Smith uh, the first time. Mm-hmm. You beat him every round of the mm-hmm. shutout. Mm-hmm. And uh, then it came to uh, you were supposed to have a fight. Uh, I don't know. I can't recall. I feel like. You're supposed to fight somebody. I was supposed to fight Tubbs when the rematch because you know what right, I did. Right. right. <laughs> it, the well, marijuana. Yeah. The marijuana. It, well, well, it was it was um, January. Uh, we was training. We were training hard and everything. So we were down in um, Georgia. It was down where the fight was, and um, so there was a party. My birthday was on the December the twenty seventh, and the fight was on Martin Luther King Day. I think it was the sixteenth. So I was in good shape boxing everybody. We were training, we were running. And so there was a little party. And so I happened to step outside and they were smoking marijuana. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, you know, they smoking. So I forgot who it was. 
So I went over there and I took, I, I was smoking, I smoked with them and not realizing that they were going to test me. Yeah. I didn't know about the really think about the testing and everything. Why did I do that? You know? So I went over there and I was smoking and then I came back in. I didn't realize it too after the fight when they came to get the urine. That's how much I didn't really realize what was going on. I, you know, and then, then all the repercussions that everything that happened, they came down on me hard, sent me to the rehab. Okay, so so I tested positive. I fought Tony Tubbs. I won the title. Um, and another thing too, uh, Don King, uh, what happened? I can't. I think that um, he. I think the the test was negative. Right, and then he made it positive. I don't know; it was a whole big mess. And then he just withdraw and left it positive because he he wanted me to win because he wanted Mike Tyson. He wanted to get Mike Tyson. So after the fight, um, my 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 urine was supposed to be negative, right? Mm-hmm. But I it was, I can't remember right now. <laughs> right. But 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 anyway, um, that he made it he made he he made it negative or something. But it really came out positive. It was whole. Thing they was trying to do, so I can go ahead on and fight Mike Tyson, right. and um, I just forgot. I just forgot. That's why we need more of these <laughs> interviews, man. Yeah. Well, um, then I went on yeah. and um, so you got in trouble with the Tubbs after Tubbs, yeah, and I had to give Tubbs. him a rematch. He hurt his shoulder. Right. He hurt his shoulder. Yeah. And I, Don said he's going to put Bone Crusher. He said he's going to put Bone Crusher. So I said. Hey, Don, I fought Bone Crusher. I beat him 12 out of 12 rounds. Um, he might have got one round. I almost knocked him out like twice, three times. And um, so, so I, I was like, we wasn't in speaking terms either, really. At the time? At the time, no. At the time, we wasn't in speaking terms because after I fought Tubbs, um, the IRS came in and took, took all my money. I had no management. You know, Carl King... Uh, was is supposed to be representing me and a lot of other boxers, but um, they didn't they didn't address that situation that I was in. Well, because it's a conflict of interest. His father is your promoter, yeah, and the son be your manager. He cannot argue with his father on your behalf. But about uh, taxes, he can he can he could he could do the taxes because oh, he's if he managing. To, yeah, 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 he's supposed yeah. to take care of the taxes, and like he didn't. But he didn't didn't care. So they came in and took the money. Huh. They came in and, and took the money, and then I had to ask Don King for some money. Right. So I think he gave me ten grand. Right. So after I won won the uh, Tubbs fight, I had no money. Right. That's crazy. Yeah. So um, I had to borrow money from Don. Right. Um. And how did that make you feel? Um. You risking your life, uh, trying to feed yourself, your family. Yeah. Uh, and you you coming out with peanuts or nothing at all sometimes. As a fighter, how does that make you know you feel? Well, you know all the fights before that. I was feeling down, but still had to win. No, he was robbing. He was taking. He was taking the uh, taking the money from several other fighters, also mm-hmm. uh, making them feel down, so he could business wise take their money. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was all disfigured. Everybody because they wasn't getting paid properly. Um, I just wanted to fight back. You know, I, I wasn't down. I was upset. Mm-hmm. Why does has why does this have to be this way? Yeah, and the only way I, I can get get um uh, only way I can get ahead is just to the fight. The Do fight. you remember having these conversations with other fighters that were upset 
um, about what was going on. Yeah, we would be in the training camp talking about it. Matter of fact, I was a loan shark in the camp. And I had money, I had money, and a lot of boxers was borrowing money from me. Right. Just borrowing out, you know, and then I would get it back after they would get paid. Right. So that, that, that also led to one day when um, I was getting, I was going to, uh, on the weekend, like on the weekend, that's when Carl King paid everybody. Um, and they was waiting for Carl to come. So Carl never came. So we was in the training camp. Everybody got in cars and drove around to Don King's where his, where his complex was. So we was knocking on Carl King door, boom, boom, everybody. It was Mitch Green, David Bay, a lot of people that, you know, boxers that you knew was knocking on the door. So they saw oh, they not there. Nobody would answer the door. So nobody, so, so there's knocking on the door. So then all of a sudden somebody moved the, moved the blinds. We saw some move. Mm -hmm. So they started knocking, knocking even harder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They wouldn't open the door. So everybody got mad. We got in our cars and we drove back around to the camp. Then I said, wow, I'm not going to get my money because nobody's going to get paid. So I took, I think, a rock or maybe it was a can. I threw it up against the kitchen thing. I cracked the window. Then everybody went into their cabins and they started getting, like, Mitch Green had a shotgun. David Bay had, a, like, a, a pistol. Uh, there's a lot of other people had guns. They started shooting up the camp. Yeah, they started shooting up the camp. Mitch Green shot a bird. I'm serious. <laughs> Mitch Green said, boom, and hit a bird. Right. Yeah, right. hit a bird. So... So um, they shot the camp up, and Don King heard about it. Yeah, Don King heard about it. He was in he was on the West Coast, and he flew back. Mm. There was and how he found out when it rained, there was there was like water <laughs> seeking through the. That's one way he found out water wow. seeking through the dorms. Yeah, and, and 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 so and so he he was he, he came into the camp, and he was in he was in the office, and everybody had to come into the office one by one. He was criticized. He was like. Disciplining everybody. Right. I heard you did this. I heard you did that. You don't get no money. You got to go home. He sent your uncle home, Stevie. Right. Because I think Stevie shot one of the windows out with one of yeah, the guns he, he had. Was. Yeah. So, right. so after that, <laughs> so after that, Abdul Rahman was Muhammad Ali's security guard. And he was with Don King, making sure that nobody bothered Don. But he called us, he named us the Raiders of Boxing after we shot the camp up and wrecked it and we came back and he was like, y'all did the right thing, man. Mm -hmm. He told us that, wow. but Don didn't know that. Right, He's, right. y'all did it, y'all the Raiders. And that's how that started. It sounded like you had a little camaraderie with the fellow fighters uh, at that camp. You remember some of uh, the training sessions and the sparring and-, and Yeah. And thing. Who, who, who was your sparring partner up at Don King's? Well, everybody. Clinton Barnes. Everybody. He would have us all there sparring each other. Mm -hmm. Even if we had a fight, I sparred with Tubbs. Mm -hmm. um, um, you know, they had other boxers. Zuma Nelson was there. Um, and David Bay, Mitch Green. We all had to spar each other. Greg Page even came. And I sparred him. Mm -hmm. I sparred him. So uh, we were all in the camp. Everybody was miserable. Um, everybody was miserable, and um, the only time they got happy, things were kind of cool, is when the training was over. We go down to the bar down the corner and get everybody get a beer. Yeah, right. And sometimes Carl King would go with us and talk to us. Yeah. So I seen a little bit. I seen Carl King trying his best to like, man, I wish my dad changed his attitude about certain things. And right. yeah, he was trying to cool with us, like talking yeah, to yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But his hands were tied. Huh? His hands were tied. He couldn't really. Yeah, his hand was tied. Yeah, but he would. He would like afterwards. He would talk to us. Man, I'm gonna talk to my dad about getting everything right. Man, no, right. he would say these things to me. 
And he would be with us. He would come with us, the boxers, and talk to us. And, oh, man, I don't know. I'm going to see what I could do. Mm-hmm. But his hands were tied. Yeah. Um. So you throw the Frank Bruno. Uh, sorry, no, Bone no, Crusher. Sorry. The Bone Crusher fight. Yeah, I feel you bad. Throw, you throw the uh, Bone Crusher fight um, for a reason. Um, what, what made you think? That oh, okay, I'm 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 not gonna go to this whole fight. I'm just gonna go in there and and, and uh, get it done with. Well, I, I thought the time was up for me for for me to keep kissing behind and um and just going in this direction. I just There's got a lot fit. of controversy. Sorry for cutting you off. Oh no, it's okay. But, like sometimes I'll be online and, and you can go through forums where they're still talking about. The Frank Bruno fight. I mean, I keep no, no, Bruno, no. The Bone Crusher fight. Yeah, Bone Crusher. Saying? Yeah. Because we're gonna get to England in there yeah. a little bit. Um, but the Bone Crusher fight, and some people are like, "Why would you do that? You're, you know, you're fighting." Uh, I don't believe that he really threw the fight. Um, oh, I know. They say they say that. Um, this is your chance to really say from your point of view what happened and why. Okay, we all were we all were in the camp. It had to be like eleven o'clock before lunchtime. We were sitting outside the, one of the dorms. The kitchen was right here. He he told one of the guy one of his workers to get everybody out here. And everybody usually come when Don come. They come to talk to him. Maybe want to ask him could they get money off of him. So he pulled us. He pulled us. He pulled us. We was all in front of the dorm that I sleep in. It was like three big, nice storms. And he was saying, he's talking about Tyson. He was saying to the heavyweights, he said, y'all better get in shape. There's this young guy out there. His name is Mike Tyson, and he's kicking ass. He's knocking people out. He said, y'all, y'all got to get in shape. And he, this, this was his reason. He came in. He was trying to get Tyson then. So we, after the meeting, we were all saying, oh, this young guy, man, he probably ain't nothing. Ain't nobody. We didn't take heed. We didn't right. take heed. And then when we seen them on TV, right. everybody's like, oh, wow. So they started, everybody started training, not because everybody just started training, all the heavyweights started training hard, trying to, because they might call him next. Right. Don might have them next in, as an opponent. Right. Um, so I remember when Don came and that came and told us. And then I said, you know what? He don't care about us. He cared about that young guy, Mike Tyson. Mm. And that's what that's that was that was the atmosphere in the camp with the heavyweights. He don't care about us no more. He want Mike. Right. And he eventually got him. Right. Um, but the point where I was trying to say is you threw the fight. Yeah, and 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 the reason the reason why is because um, I knew what his interest was. His interest he already told his interest in a way he did. His interest was in get, he was trying to get Mike Tyson, right. and he didn't care about me or Bone Crusher. Right. Okay. Now I was supposed to fight Tony Tubbs. I was supposed to give Tony Tubbs a rematch, and Tony Tubbs hurt his shoulder. Right. And I forgot to uh, try to get in touch with him. I was like, maybe just I was like confused. I should have gotten to try to find out where Tubbs was to ask him if his shoulder was really hurt. Right. But I didn't because all the stuff was going on. So I didn't call him. I was like just fighting against Don, you know. And and so I told him, I said, I fought him before. I won the fight. Why well, I got to fight him again? Mm-hmm. You know, so um, it, it ended at that. We went to training camp. But Don found out that we had uh, a group of lawyers trying to 
get together and help me out. He found out, so he, he thought they was up in New York. He sent me five miles. He sent, he sent me down to Florida, and it was only five miles away from the attorneys mm. that I was supposed to see, right. I was supposed to deal with. So he thought he was taking me away from my strength, and he sent me straight to him down in Florida. Right, right, right. And I was getting ready for the bone crusher fight. Right. So you knew that if you lost a fight, you would be out of the contract? If I lost the bone crusher fight, yeah. um, no, I think uh, I think I would still be involved with him. Right. I, yeah, I think you the just con- didn't want to go through the fight. Yeah, I didn't want to fight him. I already fought him before. Right. I wanted to fight Tubbs. I thought that was that that was the uh, that was it. I owed Tubbs the fight. I don't owe Bone Crusher. I knew what Don was trying to do. Right. He was more interested in Mike, so uh, he didn't care about Mitch Green. He just wanted to get Mike, and he eventually did. So. Right. Um, Eventually, how did you ultimately get released from Don King? Okay, uh, let me see. He didn't care. That The key is he didn't really care. Um, so after the bone crusher loss, after the bone crusher loss, he didn't care. He didn't even, he didn't even, he, he, he just gave, he wanted to give me the contract. Yeah, he didn't want, he didn't care about me. So right. after that bone crusher fight, he didn't care. Right, right, right. So you eventually get released. Um, how how was that feeling, you know, your first days away from uh, Don, the promoter? I felt really good. I felt good. Uh, we had, uh, there was a, uh, there was some promoters that were assisting me. Uh, and, you know, they said, well, if you break away from Don, we'll, we'll work with you. We'll help with you. We'll help, help you know. Yeah. And and so um, I did feel good. I'm, I'm away from Don, but I also felt that he's the only way you can get another shot. Um, I think I signed with Dennis Rappaport, who was really, who treated me really good after that. He really treated but I was abused. Right. I was abused by Don, and I didn't know how to treat a man that was that was treating me real good. And right. we can go into that, because he, right. he had security. He, if I needed a car, if I, anything I needed, he put it, and I was like, wow, where was Don at? Well, you know, Don right. was supposed to be doing stuff like this. Right. Yeah. Um, one of the, one of the, my favorite fights of yours um, is another fight that you lost, close fight, but it was Ray Mercer. Oh, Ray Mercer. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I liked that fight. It was, uh, you know, two guys that have been there, they've been champions before. Uh, I think it was on HBO. Um, I remember. Yeah, it was HBO. Walking you guys out. Um, Oh, yeah, you, right. Um, Were you, was that under Dennis Rappaport? Yeah, that I, yeah that was under Dennis. I'm trying to think. I should have got ready for this interview today. <laughs> yeah. uh, wait a minute, well, that it, was it under. Doesn't matter. Um, do you feel like you that at, was at that time in your career that you were uh, mentally stronger than back in the you know day? Because to me, it looked like I was more independent. Yeah, you were more sure of yourself fighting Ray Mercer, uh, more confident, more comfortable. Uh, than you were back in the day. Um, you were still, obviously, you were more comfortable because yeah. you had years in. Yeah. But also, you could see uh, you looked more relaxed, more calm. Um, was that because you weren't uh, in the same situations that you used to be in? Yeah, that was. That was, and it was It was kind of late. It was kind of late, if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, it was kind of late, and I just didn't know how to, how, to, how to deal with it. I did, 
I fought Ray Mercer. Dennis Rappaport was with me then. Mm-hmm. And anything we needed, he put he 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 gave it to us. Right. We needed sparring partners, he put it If we had to go somewhere, if we had to go to England and train, if we had to go to South America, he paid for it. He sent people to make sure we had everything in the camp with us. He paid, he paid, he he did everything he could, but I was abused by the former promoter and didn't know how to, I didn't know how to adjust and I needed more people. Slim, Slim wasn't with us. Right. Slim wasn't with us. It was uh, Whit Laurie was another yeah, trainer. Country. Um, country, country yeah. uh, James Thornwell. I think Aaron was with us, Aaron Snowwell. Um, but, but um, like it, it was, it was still kind of rough. Um, and we just had to pick up the pieces. He was right. like, you know, we had to pick up the pieces. So the bone crusher fight, I had, to, I took the dive. I feel bad for him. Yeah. I took the dive, and he still think, he think that, um, he think that, um, he beat me. I didn't. I wasn't even hurt. The best thing he did for me in that fight, and I told you before, was knock my teeth out. That was already loose. Right, 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 right. And ten days before the fight, I was gonna go to the dentist and and get and get the teeth extracted because yeah. it was loose. And the dentist said, I think that I think that that would make you sluggish. So he would say, he said, maybe after the fight, you should get it taken out. So the medicine might have a reaction. Right, 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 right. And so um, your uncle picked it off the canvas and gave it to me. Right, right, right. That was the most, that was the <laughs> best thing that happened to me in that fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I told, we, told the law- we told the lawyers to make sure there was a three knockdown rule. Mm-hmm. And I did, if you look at the fight, he didn't really hit me at all. Right, right. Um, before you fought him, yeah, you got introduced to England, uh, fighting the actual person I've been saying his name <laughs> the whole time, Frank Bruno. Frank Bruno yeah. Um, oh, that was beautiful. Yeah, that was a good time. Um, you didn't get everything that you deserved from that fight either. No. Um, but by this time, we all know because <laughs> who your promoter was. Yeah. But. What you got out of that is a relationship with another country. Yeah. Um, and an opportunity to do things after boxing. Um, mm-hmm. and over there, there's a big market for you doing certain things. Uh, you want to talk about your life as an Englishman? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mate. <laughs> yeah. No, um... You know, when I went over in Fort Fort Bruno um, and knocked them out, all before there, they some real they real good supporters over there. They support every sport that they they have over there. I don't care what it is. And um, you know, we went over there, we fought our battle, and afterwards in Basildon and Essex, we had so much fun um, in Essex partying with the English people. Um, before the fight, though, it was hell. Yeah, yeah. But after the fight, we saw really the love that. The love from all the people there. Uh, we sung songs. They knew better songs than we did. Oldies but goodies. They outsung us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we still got along and everything. So after that, I, I, we started going back and forth. And um, it's just like being home when you go over there now to me. So I still, I talk to I talk to Frank when I come over. Um, you know, and everybody over there, they, they love me. A lot of right. people love me over there. Um, what are some of the things that you do when, when you do travel over there? Stay busy. Um, we do. I do events. Uh, we do events. I don't know if we're gonna talk about. Uh, <laughs> well, we gonna go over there see my grandson. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 So, uh, <laughs> my grandson. I, I tried to. <laughs> I fought over there three times. Three, yeah, three times. Oh yes, um, you fought over yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, but you, you know, you they call you to do things like public speaking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you do a lot of ribbon cutting. And <laughs> yeah, well, because of because engagements. Yeah, well, because of of a lot of stuff they knew I went through and all that. Too. But not only that. Boxing needs support when it comes to they need union they need support when the when your boxer's career is over um, and and but they they behind us over there when it comes to in terms of of, of organizing things for boxers you you know you got to do is you know you got to do what they say right, right, you know and like that so 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 um I was just trying to like go over there and just spread a little love on that on those terms of because um, you know it's kind of bad over there when it comes to uh, uh, percentages and boxes and what they can do, the licenses and all that. It's kind of, it's worse than over here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, some things that, the things that come with boxing, everyone knows, but we really don't talk about um, our, you know, brain injuries. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, we have a lot of uh, fellow fighters that we know who don't have the same motor skills. Um, I, I'm talking slow right now because <laughs> I, I just got done training. You're um, doing all right, though. Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying, I, I was training like uh, five hours in a row, five different people, so I'm a little slow. But we there's some boxers or some, you know, athletes, let's not yeah. just say boxers, that um, are not talking well, not walking well. Yeah. Uh, on top of financially not um, doing well. Uh we both know people that we've been uh, into public engagements and yeah. we're like, wow, man. I remember. I know, I know. <laughs> one guy, famous, famous fighter. I'm not going to say his name on here, but he was talking before one of my fights um, with Damon Feldman, who's going to be on the show. Okay, um, Damon, yeah. And I was like, God. Couldn't they have him talk after my fight? Because it was it was that bad that it made me yeah. like, man, I can't believe that you know we do this. Same thing happened with me for a, a, a career. You know, you heard a, a fighter. Well, uh, I was sitting next to a, a popular fighter, and he's really good friends with me. I'm not going to say his name, but we was talking. We was over in England in a, in an event. I did several events with him, and right, I was sitting right next to him. And then I seen him being disfigured, like he couldn't figure out something. And he was like, oh, where? Oh, golly. And he kept, and it took him like about 20 seconds. He was like, oh, man, I can't. Then he started talking to me. He said, and then he started talking to me. And then he's, but then soon as the show, the show started, everything clicked in. And he, it was like he never was like that. Right. And then I started, I said a couple of words to somebody else. I said, oh, I can't believe it. And then it's kind of like happening to me a tiny bit now, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he was a good, he's a good boxer champion yeah, too. Yeah. Um, and that's some of the things that brings everything that we've been talking to in perspective. Yeah. Uh, you know, fighters and uh, other athletes, they... They risk their lives. They hit each other nonstop on the football field. Uh, boxers are risking their lives without unions, without medical yeah. care. Yeah. Uh, and at the end of the day, the promoters are not taking any punches, but they're getting a big percentage of these fighters. And I, and I say it, I say it candidly because 
Um, if you don't say it sharp, mm-hmm. people might not get it. It might go over their head again. Mm-hmm. But these promoters pimp out these fighters and don't care about them after their career. Uh, all the fighter is a prostitute um, to the promoter who is a pimp. Um, Don King is not the only one out there. He's uh, the most famous. Okay, yeah. <laughs> He's the most famous one, but, you know, there's been situations where I didn't like what happened with the promoter in my mm-hmm. situation. Mm-hmm. Been situations probably with other promoters where you didn't like what happened uh, to you. Obviously, Don King was with you for years. Yeah. And so, but at the end of the day, when are people going to come together and realize that things have to change? Um, you know, fighters need more than just a purse. They need health care. Exactly. They need pensions. Yes. They need things to do when their career is over uh, to be involved. If you are in the NFL, most likely they're taken care of. You'll get taken care of a pension. They'll uh, even give you a job at an organization. Mm. Uh, for fighters, it's not that easy. It's not that way. For me to own a boxing gym after my career mm-hmm. is uh, an anomaly for uh, people to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, for people like me and you to, uh, I obviously I don't want to compare my life to you to yours you know you've been through a hell of a lot more but for people like us to uh, go through what we go through and still be here and still be able to speak mm-hmm. uh, still be able to walk still be able to give back is um a blessing uh but not just that uh we still able to fight too uh, yeah <laughs> still still able to participate in uh, uh what we do how do you you know you come in and working out at the age of what 60 uh 66. 42. <laughs> <laughs> you know, 63. You're coming in, still working out. Yeah. You're getting your miles in, hitting the heavy bag. Mm-hmm. Uh, how are you feeling today after all that hoopla that we just talked about? Oh, I listen, I, I feel good. I feel good that I made it. I made it through all those obstacles and um I, I can still I can talk. I can walk. I can I can uh socialize with my family, my kids. Um and what really what really uh uh what really makes me happy is that I see that my kids are successful, they're happy, um, they have their little ins and outs, but I see that they really um doing really good, you know, and not maybe hurt from from maybe stuff that went on and and coming up. Uh, if they if they are, they left it alone. They they think about it, but they're gonna go forward, and they they're not gonna let nothing stop them. And that's what happened with me. I knew there was a, there was obstacle, obstacles, but um, I wasn't gonna let it stop me because mm-hmm. I knew they had people that had that I had to look after too. You know, I had to look after, and I felt like you had drive, huh? Something that drove Just, you, right, right. You know, right. you installed that in your children. You know, and and we're all doing that. Well, they listen. They automatically started going in a positive direction. Y'all guys, I was like surprised. That made me feel really good too, because you didn't wait for me. You just went and did what you had to do, and I was like, I don't have to do that much work <laughs> just to be. I swear, not yeah. man. You know, a lot of lot of parents have to go triple and quadruple time just to keep over, just take care of the kids. Yeah, yeah. I really didn't have a bad. Me and your mom really didn't have a bad, a bad um, situation far as like t- in terms of taking care of you. Y'all guys was independent. Yeah. You know. So, for you, what, what 
in the future, would you like to do with Tim Witherspoon, two-time world champion, the brand? Uh, what are your goals and your aspirations in life? Because you still got a lot of life to live, still got a lot of things to do. Like I said, we still can talk. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, well, yeah, well, what's well, in your future? Well, my thing, my thing is, is that um, right now, all the stuff that happened with Don King and all that, I left it alone. You know, last time, the last time I seen him, he said he loved me, and I said I love him back. The same right. with Larry Holmes. Well, yeah. well, Larry Holmes, his our, our relationship thing ended real, real. I mean, not ended, but the the negative was a fast. It wasn't. It wasn't a long term thing. Right, right, right. After the fight, we became we were okay. After the fight, um, but with Don King, um, too. Also, I you know he said he loved me. I said I love him. Is over. So he had to deal with a lot of things in the world that he did. That I don't have to be the pusher to push that Don King is over because I got to deal with my family. I, I'd rather be with my family than to keep pushing negative stuff about Don King. Right. right. So, so that's what I chose. I chose to be with my family and and forget about them. What happened to all those rich people, those managers, promoters, when we were fighting to, to try to, to bring justice to boxing? Uh, where were they? You know, then, so I left it alone. You know, so let them let them try to figure out what to do with the boxing, and and let's make it a better place. We trying to do unions. Yeah. Um. Look, I'm I'm coming on your podcast and and speaking, and really I should get. I feel I need practice. Yeah, but you're good. I'm doing. See, I'm think I'm not doing good. You're working out right now. Okay. So I asked you, can can we do it over and over? And 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 I need practice so I can do good. We're gonna we're gonna get you your uh, own podcast. Okay. So, 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 so like, um, um, there's like, that's, that's the thing. We have to take care of the boxers when their career is over. And that's what we're trying to do. Like I told you about Paul Johnson in Minnesota, there's yeah. other people, there's a lot of organizations. They come in, we the only sport that don't have support. Yeah. Um, so, and, and after, after every interview, I feel like I didn't do a good job. Right. You know, you tell me that you need to start reading books and stuff. Yeah, yeah. They build it up. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm doing that. I'm trying to do that. And um, so after every interview, after every fight, I never felt satisfied. Right. Like I could have did better. Well, that's, it's part of trying to be a perfectionist. Um, I feel that way, too. I feel like after each one, after each one. But what happens is I watch it back on YouTube. OK. You, you know, <laughs> or whatever, Apple Music or Spotify. And it just it looks great because of our producer, Jordan. They can't <laughs> he, he cleans it up. Um but I, I have the same issue too, um, where I come into the gym and I'm like, man, I could be doing so much more. I could be doing so much better. But other that's people, a good thing. Other people don't see that. You know, they they see a good job. They mm. see how far you come, and that's what a lot of people got to do. They got to realize how far they came. Yeah. You know, uh, and you've done a lot of work, and basically. You know, I wanted to have you back on the podcast this time to speak more candidly about things that happened to you. I didn't read the life. books though. Like, <laughs> <It's all right. laughs> I read, I read, I read the, the book. I read the. Uh, I started reading half. I read like a quarter of ter uh, Terrible Times, the book. Right, right. Yeah. Your book, yeah. Yeah. And, and we we gonna do that again. We're okay. Have another one. But this is the end of the Young Black Suburban. me out. <laughs> <laughs> we had a nice episode. Uh, I think. Your fans and, 